Um, we, uh, we welcome you to live streaming from Landmark Baptist Church, Lyons, Georgia. Now, I, I want to say something here that, uh, uh, that I've been wanting to say for some time, and sometimes, uh, just like I, last, last night in the wedding, I sort of got on the young people there, and, um, about the way they live their lives and everything. And, but, um, y'all, um, if, if you stay home, I, I want to get this, make this clear. If you stay home and listen to live streaming and don't go to the house of God on Sundays because of that, then you're not worshiping. You know, the Bible is so plain on not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as a matter of some is, as a sin. When you, when you assemble yourselves together in the Lord's house and, and when you assemble here, then you are worshiping as you should. Forsake not to assemble yourselves together. That's Bible's just not, th th those are just not idle words. Those are words that uh, <coughs> Apostle Paul made a great effort in the book of Hebrews, the 10th chapter, to, to make those words uh, there concerning forsaking not the assembly of yourselves together. So I, I just want to remember that I appreciate anybody that listens. I really do. But I, I pray that you don't stay home and listen to this uh, in lieu of, uh, of being in the house of the Lord because it's not worship. And I know, I know you've heard that. I know you've seen that on the Internet. But that, that's not worship. Worship, as I understand worship, worship is when you're in the Lord's house worshiping the Lord as, as a conjugated group. And so I think if you'll look up the word worshiping, you will find that that's exactly what the, the definition of the word will be. And I know if you look it up uh, in, in the Greek dictionary, it will tell you the same thing, that that's what worshiping is. Is when you come together in the Lord's house. But we welcome you, and we pray that if if uh, if you listen, and I pray the Lord will bless you as far as this uh, message is going to go, as far as it goes. We we had some prayer requests, and I'm going to ask one of the brethren if they will pray for us, because as I said, uh, uh, Brother Sam's brother Roby and uh, Eldon Joslin. Uh, they they need your prayers. They really do. And so I'm going to ask Brother Sam if he'll be our spokesman this morning. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, uh, we're so very thankful, Lord, that you've given us this opportunity to come to your house and worship you. We thank you, Lord, for each one who's turned aside today to be here. And we pray your blessing on each one. We pray for our pastor always. Yes. 
Amen. Thank you, brother. Um, you would turn with me to the book of 2 Samuel, the 22nd chapter. Let's stand as we honor God's word by standing. I'm going to read, uh, beginning, I'm going to read from verse 17 of 2 Samuel 22, and I'm going to read through verse 20. This is what our message is going to be about today, and so... Um, I do want you to listen intently to this message because it, it, these things will help you. They'll help you if you'll, just, if you'll listen. Um, verse 17, this is David singing a prayer. That's what this is. The title, the title of my message is, is David singing again. And this is David singing a prayer. So I want you, as I read this, I want you to understand this is a song that David was singing. He sent from above. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from, from my strong enemy and from them that hated me. For well, they were too strong for me. They prevented me in the day of my calamity. But the Lord was my stay. He brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. Gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you again for this day. Thank you for the blessings of it. I thank you for those that have come out today, Lord. We're, we're thankful that uh, uh, there's some that's been sick is better. Uh, I notice Abram and them are here. We just pray, Lord, that you, uh, you'll see fit to bless him and thankful that he's better. And, Lord, all, all of those that have been sick that are better, Lord, I'm thankful for that. But I pray especially today for Brother Eldon Joslin and Brother Sam, Brother Roby, and I pray that you'll see fit to go with them, Lord. And and we uh, we see these days, and and uh, and I, I speak for myself. I've been blessed, Lord. I've been blessed, and and the Lord has taken care of me as far as health is concerned. And I'm thankful for that, Lord. And I pray the same for them. And Lord, I pray that you'll take care of us and watch over us. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. you. May be seated. This message, as I said, is David singing again. David. David was a singer, and he sung. A, he sung a lot of his, a uh, lot of thing, His thoughts and everything. He put them to music, and, and he sang them. Uh, just like uh, I, I remember Brother Rex Hensley. I know most of you don't know Brother Rex. Brother Rex Hensley was a preacher back many years ago, and he put all the psalms to today's music. And and uh, Brother Rex used to sing them when he would go to Bible conferences and things. They would ask Brother Rex to sing, and, 
and he would always sing one of the psalms that he put to today's music. And he played a guitar and he sang. And uh, so that's, that's what David did. David was a singer. And, and he was singing his, he was singing his, uh, uh, his prayer here at this particular time. Now, when we think of these things and we think of, of David here, uh, we are constantly calling up on God to pull us out of something that is bringing us down. We're constantly doing that. I, I know, I know I do, and I know you do too. You know, you con we're constantly calling up on God to pull us out of something that is bringing us down. The song of David is referred to as the song of deliverance. That's how it's referred to. Uh, if you, if you go to any of the commentaries or anything and you read, you read concerning this part of the Bible, uh, they call it the song of deliverance. Now, I have met a lot of great prayers, prayers before. You know, we have, we have a lot of great prayers right here in this building. And I, I, I envy them sometimes because I, I'm like, uh, one preacher said one time, he said, I've always had a trouble, trouble praying. And I have. I've always had trouble praying. And, uh, but I, I do know how to pray. And I know God has answered prayers, but they were very simple, uh, simple praying because I was a simple person. And have no other way to pray, but but we have a we have a, a lot of great prayers right here uh, with us today. But this is the best deliverance prayer ever prayed. The best deliverance prayer ever prayed. It's right here, the one that David just prayed. Uh, it is sung by one who has his heart tuned up with the chimes of heaven. David, David, I mean, you just read the Psalms. I mean, they just, you, you can just, you can just feel, as you read them, you can feel that, that David is, is, David is reaching heaven in his Psalms. His Psalms are, just, are songs. And you, and you, he's just reaching heaven. And, and, and there's even people who sing today who you feel that they're reaching heaven. I'll never forget Brother, um, Bro, old brother that used to jump them down and clap around. I, I forget names. I'm sorry about that. But anyway, he told me that Sister Kara gave him one of her, her and Sister Deborah's, uh, 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 tapes or whatever it was they gave him on, uh, on their, them singing Beulah Land. And, and brother, uh, brother said he got out there on the mountains of West Virginia and said he, uh, he said that he raised his, rolled his windows, all his windows down. And he said, I put that video on. And he said, uh, when Sister, De Sister Deborah got to that part, uh, about, uh, looking across that old river, he said, man, he said, those doggone trees just shook when, when he, when she said that. Clyde Hancock, yeah. Brother Clyde Hancock, he's gone on to be with the Lord now. But, uh, but anyway, he, he said, uh, he said, uh, the trees up in the mountains of West Virginia just shook when, when they sung, he lay, he had his loud on his radio. And, and so, uh, I've heard a lot of loud music on radio, but not that. But anyway, um, uh, David, David was in chime with heaven. When he, when, when he prayed, 
He was in childhood heaven when he sang. This song was about a personal experience David had had with the Lord. Second Samuel 22 and verse 1. Turn back over there with me if you would. Second Samuel 22 and verse 1. And I'm going to read the first seven verses. This is David's personal problem that he had. And it will give you better perspective of this message. And David spake unto the Lord the words of this song in the day that the Lord hath delivered him out of the hand of all of his enemies and out of the hand of Saul. And he said, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. The God of my rock, in him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower, my refuge, my savior, that thou savest me from, from violence. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. When the, when the waves of death compass me, the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The, the sorrows of, uh, of hell compassed me about. The snares of death prevented me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried to my God. He did hear my voice out of his temple, and my cry did enter into his ears. That's a man that was reaching heaven. That's a man that knew he was reaching heaven. I, I know sometimes we, uh, I may have trouble saying words. I may have trouble coming up with the words as far as a prayer is concerned. Some of you brethren can just, just spout out the words, and I love to hear it. They, that's the reason I, I like you brethren stand up so I can hear you. But I, I love to hear you bring, bring the words out that need to be brought out. But um, David was one that he knew he was reaching heaven. He knew that he knew that God was listening to him. And, and let me tell you, folks, it's a wonderful thing. I, I know when God is listening to me, and I know when he's not. And, and I know when God's listening to me, and I just wish that I, I could say more words than I'm able to say. But David here, David, David's calamity here was God had delivered him out of all of his enemies. All of his enemies. He delivered him from them. Oh, how we need to sing the song of deliverance. God pulls us out of a lot of troubles that we know nothing about. He pulls out a lot of troubles. Do you realize how many, how many cars did you miss today come to church that you might have hit them if you'd have been a minute or two earlier? You know, or, or how, how many, what did God keep you from? You know, I, I, I had, I, I left, uh, the um, the wedding just as soon as I got finished, I got my truck and came on home, and and I tell you, you know, I prayed that God would make me miss everything I need to miss. So y'all y'all don't know what it's like for this one to be driving. You know, you uh, you you probably wouldn't want to ride with him if you knew what it's like. Uh, Ronald loves to ride with me, so I, I guess I guess she's a. She's a little different in that. Yeah. When, when we have full sense of the greatness of God, we, like the dumb who never opened their mouth, must sing the praises of God's deliverance. We must do it. David had a great need. David had a great need. David had a great need. 
David was compassed all around by all his enemies. Saul was seeking out his, his very father-in-law, was seeking out to kill his son-in-law. And there you go, Neil. His very father-in-law was seeking, seeking out to kill his son-in-law. And, and God, God delivered him. God delivered him from that. And, and so David had a great need. Concerning his en- enemies, David said, they were too strong for me. How many of you come up against things every day that's too strong for you? It's, it's stronger than you are. You might say, uh, I had someone tell me many years ago, they said, I take care of my own troubles. I said, you don't. Because I said, you're going to come up against things you can't take care of. A lawyer can't take care of them. A doctor can't take care of them. And, and just like I told that one person, there's a member of this church here, I told that one person, I said, when you get on your deathbed, the death dews on your brow and the death rattles in your throat, what are you going to do then? You're not going to be able to take care of your troubles. You can call all the lawyers in the world. You can call all the doctors in the world. They can't do anything for you. When a doctor, when a doctor comes and says, I've done everything I can for you, then that enemy of death has overtaken you and you can't do a thing about it. That's what David was referring to here in this prayer. Our enemies, the world, the flesh, even sometimes those of our own household, our greatest enemy is Satan, are much stronger than we are. You might not realize it, folks. There are those right around you. You may think you've got them conquered, but you don't. You don't have them conquered. You sure don't. And so... I want, you need to understand that David had a great need. you got a great need today because there's some of you need to be delivered out of some of the, the hands of some of those that may, have, may be stronger than you. We're blessed that we have a God who is much stronger than they. I learned a long time ago that when I tried to fight my own strength, in my own strength, I was lacking. But David had a divine helper. And I've got a divine helper. Now, how, how do you think anybody has stood in the ministry as long as I have if I didn't have a divine helper? I've had a divine helper all along. I've had someone I can go to when it seems like all else, everybody else, has, is not listening anymore. I, I, have a, uh, I have someone I can go to, and I'm thankful for that. <clears throat> We're blessed that we have a God who is much stronger than they. Now, I was lacking, as I said. I found that I was lacking, but David had a divine helper. David had a great need. David had a divine helper. The Bible says he sent from above. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. Any of you ever about drowned? I'm serious. Ain't you, ain't you about drowned? I'm going to tell you, folks. I've told this story before. We had a 10-foot John boat. We were going across the lake up in Kentucky, one big lake. Me and Miranda's uncle, me and him was fishing. And, and we were drinking a little bit, too. But anyway, Rhonda's uncle said, let's go all the way across. He said, all the way across the lake over there. He said, there's a good place over there that I always like to fish. He, he was a good fisherman, too. He was also a good drinker. 
But at any rate, at any rate, we started out in that ten foot John boat across that lake, across the biggest part of that lake. Boy, it came up the most awful storm ever was. That water started giving this, that little old John boat was a going this, this way, and all of a sudden it just turned over, threw me and him both in the water. And it was dark, it was nighttime, it was pitch dark. And uh, all I thought about was, I said, I don't know how far we are from shore, but I started swimming. And I finally reached shore. And I thought, I thought any minute I was going to go. I really did. And I got on shore, and I started yelling for Rhonda's uncle. I heard nothing. So what did I do? I jumped back in the water. I swam back out there, and I yelled for him, and I couldn't find him. So I swam back to the bank, swam back to the shore, and somebody was laughing at me, dying laughing in the weeds. I, I, I said, Bill, is that you? He said, yes, yeah, me. He said, why would you jump back in that water for? I said, because you laid right there and wouldn't answer me when I yelled for you. I said, I ought to take you out there and throw you in the water and leave you. But I want to tell you, folks, when you're in water like that, it's a hard deal to deal with. But praise God, as you can see, God delivered me from that. I didn't even know God was delivering me from that. That's called preservation. That's called preservation. That's called when God's watching over you, even when you're lost and dying and going to hell, that's preservation. He's preserving you for something. And God knows, I, I know what God was preserving me for today. I know exactly what he was preserving me for today. But David had a great helper. He had a great helper. And help came to David when God sent Samuel to David with a divine call. God, God, David went, Samuel went to David. And Samuel told David, you have to study this whole story. Samuel told David, he said, God, you're going to be the next king. And David, David thought at that time, David thought, well, I'm not going to be nothing but dead when Saul catches me. He said, you're going to be the next king. Well, Samuel sent David with a divine, or, or, told, or told David about a divine call. And the and, and Bible says he, he anointed him with holy oil. He was king. As far as Samuel was concerned, he, as far as yeah, Samuel was concerned, David was already king. Now, that, that goes to show you that's a little bit of sovereignty right there. He, he was already king as far as Samuel was concerned because Samuel knew that God had told him who was going to be the next king. Sometimes, sometimes we preachers know a little more than some people give us credit for. Sometimes we know a little more than people give us credit for. Samuel knew, and so he, when he sent that divine call out to David, anointed him, David knew then that was a great relief. David knew, well, if I'm going to be the next king, as Samuel says, then I don't worry about Saul no more. Well, some of you that, I know most of you folks are pretty healthy, you know, and some of you amaze me who, who are not real healthy, but you amaze me. And uh, I realize that, but 
Uh, how many of you, I turned 76, most people didn't know it, because there was something else that took, took over my birthday. But anyway, um, I don't care, though. I didn't care. But anyway, um, I was 76. Most of you sitting here today, not Brother Sam, but most of you sitting here today, if God came to you, sent somebody to you, and told you that you're going to be living to be 76, would you have any worry about any business anymore? You wouldn't worry about nothing. If you knew that was the truth, if you knew that God had come and sent him somebody to tell you that you're going to live to be 76 years old, I never thought I'd ever live that long. And, and now now I take it year by year. I don't know if I'm going to live to be 77. But the fact is, folks, if someone came to you and said, you're going to live, Garrett, you, you're watching me right now, best I can see. If someone came to you, Garrett, and they said, Garrett, you're going to live to be 77 years old. You won't worry about nothing no more, about anything taking your life, no disease, anything taking your life, if you knew that to be the truth. Well, that's exactly what happened to David here. We, we must always remember that God sent his only begotten son to save all those who were known. I'm sorry, let me, let me start this over. <clears throat> We must always remember that God sent his only begotten son to save all those who knew their lost condition. What does the Lord say? The Lord says, I came to seek to save the lost, not those who say they're saved already. I came to seek to save and those who know they're lost and know they have a need of Christ in their life. What about you today? What about you today? Do you know you have a need of Christ in your life? Well, God sent the Lord Jesus Christ to die for you if you have that desire. If you have any desire in your heart to be saved, God put it there. Because I want to tell you, I watch people all the time. I watch them crowd up on television. Most of them don't know they're sinners. They don't know what they're doing is wrong. Those big groups that are forming in these cities. Last night in the Louisville, in, in, in Louisville, Kentucky, they had a, they, they had one, they had two that were shot and one of them killed. Just that bunch of people bunching up together on the streets. Well, let me tell you folks, let me tell you, Jesus came to die for you if you have any desire to be saved today. Jesus came to die for you. Jesus told Nicodemus, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. John 3, 3. I'm, I'm telling you here today, you ha if you're not saved, you have a dilemma. Because I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you this. If you're not saved today, I'm going to tell you this. And you die in your sins, you're going to go to hell. For all eternity. Think about that. If I, if I was to tell you, I don't want people to raise their hands. I'm not, I'm not an Armenian preacher. But, but, if all of you here today, if any of you have ever had a bad, bad dream that you're thankful you woke up from, let me tell you, hell's going to be a bad, bad dream that you're not going to wake up from. All eternity, all eternity, you're going to suffer 
It's like, like the devil's doing right now. Thank God the devil is suffering. He's suffering. That is, he knows that he's headed for that bottomless pit. Because the Lord puts him in that, chains him up, and then he lets him go and he does his last work here on earth. And then God, he, God sends him to an eternal hell where he's going, where he's going to be uh, uh, chastised and, and where he's going to be uh, uh, afflicted forever and ever. There's never going to be a let up of it. Satan knows that. And he knows he can't be saved. That's the reason he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to see anybody saved. Because he, he knows that he can't be saved. As for David, he experienced a personal deliverance. David said, he took me. Verse 17. Said, he took me. Oh, that's a wonderful thing. He took me. What about when a rapture comes? He's going, you're going to be thankful he took you. What about when the Lord saved you? You're going to be thankful he took you. When you live every day of your life, if you're saved today, you're going to be thankful that he listens to you and he knows you. David said, he took me. This is one of the sweetest testimonies any man can give. He took me. During the rapture, God may take others and leave some. But let me tell you, folks, he'll take me. I know that. He'll take me when the rapture comes. I have no doubt of that. The rapture comes today, he's going to take me. I believe that, just like David said. He took me. David said in another place, he brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet up on a rock and established my goings. Psalm 40 and verse 2. Established my goings. Salvation is a very personal matter. God calls his children one at a time. And if you're to be saved, could this be your day? God calls them one at a time. The Bible says that if, if, one, if, one, if one lost sheep is out there, God goes and finds him. Jesus goes and finds him. He takes them one at a time. He wasn't concerned about the other 99 at that particular time. He took that one that, got it, that realized he was lost. And he went and got him. <clears throat> we know David had a great deliverance. We know David had a great deliverance. He said he drew me out of many waters. He drew me out of many waters. What waters? The muddy waters of his own enemies. You know, your enemies will muddy up your water. You, you might say, well, who are my enemies? You got them. You just don't realize it. Some of them you love so much you can't even see that they're your enemy. You know, one, one of the greatest things, one of the worst things is, I guess is, is one of your own best friends does you wrong. I, I see it. I see it on Facebook. I don't, people do this. Don't people do that? One of your best friends you feel does you wrong. Well, well, let me tell you, David's enemies muddied up the water around him. The muddy waters of affliction. Oftentimes we let men afflict us with sin. 
We let, we let them do it. The muddy waters of guilt. What about the muddy waters of guilt? You, you ever, you've been so guilty that you can't hardly live with yourself? The muddy waters of guilt. They're there. What, what about the, you can never find peace when you carry the guilt of sin in your heart. The waters of persecution. You might think everybody's against you. That, that can muddy the waters up. You know, Rhonda, she knows I love her and care about her so very much. But other day, she was well, sometime back. She was. She said, "I'm afraid to go out in the yard. Storm going on. So I'm afraid one of them trees will fall on me." Her water. Her water was muddied up. Let, let me tell you, folks. When when your water is muddied up then you're going to be muddied up too, unless you get out of it. David says, he delivered me from many waters, out of many waters. <clears throat> when we let things bring us down, we're swimming in deep, muddy waters to the point that we cannot see any further than today. That's what happens. That's what happens when you're swimming around in muddy water, when things are when things are uh, of, of a cloud over you. When things are there, when things are to dim you, you're swimming in muddy water. <clears throat> you're swimming in muddy water, and those things, those things will bring you down. Just remember, salvation is of the Lord. Salvation is of the Lord. It was the great apostle Paul who said, let us lay aside every weight, and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Put aside those sins. Put aside that, get, get out of that muddy water. I'm talking to saved people now. I'm not talking to lost people. Get out of that muddy water. And, and you can do it by, by putting those things aside and say, I'm not, I'm not going to let these things get me down anymore. You, you can, you can, you can live a, a beautiful, wonderful life when you decide you're not going to let those things, you'll say, well, have you ever been that way? I sure have. I have walked away from church many of a Sunday trying to get myself out of the muddy water that was muddied up during church many times. And I know you can too. I know God takes me out of it, and I know you can too. Rhonda will tell you right today how many times have I gone home, even from Landmark Baptist Church, and I've told her after we got to the house, I said, I'm not going back. She said, you will. I said, I'm not going back. And she said, well, if you don't, you'll die tomorrow. Because she said, you're not going to be able to live yourself if you don't. Let me tell you what, you, you, you waters can get muddy. But praise God, he'll, he'll bring you out of those things. David did, and he experienced the sovereign love of God. Let me tell you today, folks, if you've got problems today, if you've got something that's bothering you today, I'm talking saved people now. I'm not talking lost people. I'm talking saved people. If you've got something that's bothering you today, then uh, you start experiencing the sovereign love of God. Here's what David said, because he delighted in me. Because he delighted in me. 
Because he delighted in me. Not because he delighted in Brother Gary or or, or Brother Greg or Brother Winston or Sister Stephanie or any others. It's because he delighted in me. He delighted in me. God wouldn't have saved you if he hadn't delighted in you. God wouldn't let you get up today and get out of this building happy, be in the house of the Lord if God didn't delight in you. And if he saves you today, you're going to learn that God delighted in you. That's sovereignty. He delighted in me. God's delights in every chosen son or daughter of his. He delights in them. The Bible says here in its love, not that we love God, but that he loved us. Listen, folks, if you're here and the Lord is, is, is convicting you of your sins, if you're saved and the Lord's convicting you of your sins, you need to get out of that muddy water. You need, you need to realize that you're going to have to confess those sins. And sometimes that takes a lot of doing. You might say, well, I, I, I can pray a general prayer of confession. That's not what he's talking about. I, I get sick of hearing about the general prayers for confession. I had a man tell me one time several years ago, he said, every time I pray, I pray that God, that, that God will, will let me confess my sins. Not a, not, not a general confession, a private, personal confession. Of your sin, sometimes that's hard to do. Sometimes it's hard to say that I, I'm sorry that I did this, Lord, and and I want you to forgive me for it. Oh, Lord, help me not to do it again. And then just immediately, don't stop there. Just immediately, as soon as you get home <clears throat> or you get somewhere, you're going to look at whatever it is that got you in that condition, and you're going to go right back. If it's a child, if it's a brother, uh, uh, a brother, and I'm talking about not in, 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 in the Lord, but a brother, a sister, a mama, a daddy, or whoever it is that got you into that, you're going to meet them again. You're going to meet them again. And you're going to have to realize, well, I confessed that sin, and I got out of it, so I'm going to get away from it now. I'm sorry, folks. Going to get away from it. Folks, I, I left last night for more reasons than some of you know. <clears throat> I left as soon as I got done. I had a girl that mentioned to me up there when they were going out, she came by and she looked at me and she says, I'm going to be next. I don't know what she's saying that about. I don't know if she's going to want me to do her ceremony, but I, I learned she lives in Ohio. <clears throat> well, let me tell you, folks, you're going to meet that again. You're going to meet that, that one again, and then you're going to have to do all over again, all over again. Not, not, not in a general confession. That don't get the job done, but a personal confession of your sins. <clears throat> and lastly today, David enjoyed the experience. 
for all eternity. He said of the, of the Lord, he brought me forth also into a large place. <laughs> How, what's any larger than heaven? And I'm going to say this, what's any larger than the Lord's church? You'll say, well, we don't have very many. It's a big one. If God is, if the Lord's with it, if the Lord is leading, if the Lord's guiding, I don't care if there's only three people there. It's a good place to be. It's a good place to be. He brought me forth into a large place. How large is heaven? How large is the kingdom of God? How large is salvation? God brought me into a large place. Did you know when the Lord saved you, if you're saved today, you know you're saved, and you don't worry about it every day? You know you're saved? I tell you, folks, you're going to a large place. I'll never forget my brother-in-law hadn't, hadn't said a word. Matter of fact, the doctor said he can't talk. He had Alzheimer's, and Alzheimer's that eat his brain down. I saw my sister showed me a picture my brother-in-law's brain, it was about that big. His whole brain was about that big. Alzheimer's had eaten his brain away. He couldn't digest his food. He, his, his bowels would come back up through his mouth when he would eat. The doctor told my sister that very same day that I saw those x-rays, that, that whatever they call it, Brother Gary, not MRI but the other, when I saw that, I thought to myself, well, he's not going to be. And the doctor came in there about that time. And the doctor told my sister, said, the best thing you can do right now is don't feed him. My sister started bawling. She looked at me and she said, Paul, she said, I can't think of myself not feeding him. The doctor said, you don't need to feed him anymore because his bowels is coming back up through his mouth. Hadn't said a word. Couldn't talk. And I walked in there one day. He was laying, he was in bed. I tapped him on the shoulder. And I said, Brownie, I said, how you doing today? He looked at me, throwed his hand up. He said, I'm going to take a long journey. Died the next day. My sister said, I can't believe that. Said, he's not even supposed to be able to talk. I tell you, when you realize God loves you, you can do a lot of talking. You can do a lot of praying. You can do a lot of witnessing. That's something some of us don't do. You can do a lot of witnessing. You can go out as David did during this prayer. You can give a testimony that is out of this world. If you know the Lord as you should. May God bless you today is my prayer. And we're going to close today.